Welcome to another exciting podcast episode of The Decline and Fall of America. I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the Great Misty Beyond. Today, we have a fascinating subject for discussion today. We're going to be talking about how college costs have increased by 169% since 1980, but pay for young workers has only gone up by 19%, according to a new Georgetown University report. So I think everyone's pretty much aware of that, I would think, at least some aspects of it, although probably not the numbers. Have college costs gone up? Yeah. In one generation, they've gone up 169%. Well, then why aren't people working and paying for their college like they used to? Well, because the average pay for workers, especially young workers, has only gone up by 19% since 1980. So as a result, even if they do work, they can't afford to pay for college, and that's why people are going further and further into debt. So let me read you this article, and then afterwards we'll discuss it and see what you think of it. This is reported by CNBC.com. Uh, you can find the article online. The title of the article is, quote, College Costs Have Increased by 169% Since 1980, But Pay for Young Workers Is Up by Just 19% Georgetown Report, unquote. That is the headline of the article. And here is the article, and like I said afterwards, we'll discuss it. Quote, Today, typical college costs, including tuition and fees and room and board and allowances for books and supplies and transportation and other personal expenses, range from $27,330 for public in-state university students to $55,800, that's per year, for private nonprofit college students. And when scholarships and grants are taken into account, the average net cost for tuition and fees at these kinds of schools are closer, and it gives the data on that. I'll skip that part and go on. Talks about the pandemic. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit about that. And here we go. Later part of the article, quote, post-secondary educational policy has failed to keep higher education affordable, even as formal education beyond high school has become more essential, reads the report. Quote, today, two out of every three jobs require post-secondary education and training, while three out of four jobs in 1970s only required a high school diploma or less. Yet while young people today need more education than ever to compete in the labor market, a college education is more expensive than in the past. According to the researchers' analysis of the U.S. Census Bureau of Labor Statistics and a National Center for Educational Statistical Data, For the years 1980 to 2019, college costs increased 169% over the past four decades, while earnings for the workers between the ages of 22 and 27 increased by only 19%. Quote, um, to be sure, wages of the young workers at all levels of educational attainment have grown steadily over the past several decades. And though the college costs have risen, workers with a bachelor's degree do still fare, I guess, the best in the labor market. Quote, the Georgetown report estimates that median earnings for young adults with a college degree hover around 45000 per year, and those without a college degree earn closer to 30000 per year. The report also broadly criti- critiques the United States' fragmented system of education and workforce development. Quote, the evidence of our failure to help all of our youth make the long journey from early adult childhood to adult economic independence is plain. In the trajectory from kindergarten to a good job, the most talented disadvantaged youth do not fare nearly as well as the least talented advantaged youth, reads the report. Quote, 
2019 Georgetown researchers dug into the topic and found out that poor kindergartners with good test scores are less likely to graduate from high school and graduate from college or earn a high wage than their affluent peers with lower grades. Goes on, I'll skip a few parts just so we uh, aren't here forever reading this article. Um, Let me read the last paragraph of it, kind of encapsulates it. Quote, we haven't connected the dots from early childhood through K through 12 and post-secondary education to careers, says Anthony Canavella, the lead author and CEW director in a statement. Quote, we need an all-one all system approach that facilitates smooth transitions on the pathway from youth dependence to adult independence, unquote. Well, there you have it. I mean, I don't think that's a surprise, at least wasn't a surprise to me, so... I just imagine that it's not too much of a surprise to you, I'm guessing. I mean, we all know that college courses uh, costs have skyrocketed, and why is that? Well, most recently there was example after example of university professors who only work 100 days per year. It's a part-time job. The university professors now at some universities earning $190,000 per year for working 100 days. And so you can find those online. You can read those yourself. But And I might devote a future podcast to that. But that certainly hasn't helped college costs. There's been a lot of articles recently about how some universities, the one that comes to mind is Stanford, have more administrators working on staff than they do educators. So a student that goes to Stanford, what are they paying for? Well, in large part, they're paying for a huge army of bureaucrats, of administrators, and a smaller army of educators. And really, what are they going there for? They're going to get an education, but in reality, they're paying for this hidden army of bureaucrats, more bureaucrats than educators at Stanford and also at some other universities as well. So the, one of the reason, reason I'm bringing that up is one of the reasons why college costs have risen so quickly is because you have an army of administrators and bureaucrats that weren't there four decades ago. You know, it used to be that universities had a lot of professors and didn't have a whole lot of administrators, and now that's just been reversed. Now, why is that? What are all these bureaucrats and administrators doing all day? They're not in the classroom. They're not doing research. That's not their role. So that's part of the problem. You know, costs. So the, and then you look at university presidents. Well, the local public university in my area, which is University of Wisconsin, big, big campus, good campus, the, they just brought in a new, um, a new chancellor and paid her $700,000 a year at a public university. Now, there's a 1,000 people that would love that job and would do that job for hundred grand a year. So you have a situation where they are overpaying the leadership of the executives at these universities. She's making three-quarters of a million dollars at a taxpayer-funded taxpayer university, a public university. And if that's happening there, and you know that's not the highest salary, at some private universities, they're making millions. And that's just for the one person at the top, not to mention all the provosts and deans and assistant deans and, and assistant chancellors that they have hang, hanging around. They have a whole army of high-paid executives. And then take a look at the coaches. A lot of the football coaches are making millions of dollars a year. And for what? At public universities. It's ridiculous. For jobs that people would do for hundred grand or less. So we are overpaying, the universities are overpaying many of their professors. They are overpaying many of their leaders and administrators. And they, are, they have hired an army of bureaucrats, and all of these things have driven up the cost of universities to the point where the students just simply can't afford it anymore. You saw those costs. And then the universities play this game. They go, well, okay, under affirmative action, we're going to give free college to minorities in some cases, not all. 
And under affirmative action, in some cases, we're going to give free college to women, not all cases, but some, okay. And then they say, oh, but if you're poor, we're also, in some cases, we're going to give you free college, okay. But then what happens is all the people that are getting there, going there on a free ride, well, guess who's paying the bill? It's either the taxpayer at a public university or it's the other students. So why are some students paying so much money, thirty dollars to $50,000 a year for college? Well, because they're not just paying for their own education. In many cases, they're paying for other students to be educated as well because they're getting a free ride. Remember, if you give rights to one group of people and you don't give them responsibilities that are equal to their rights, then those responsibilities transfer to other groups of people. So here the people with a free ride are getting the right to a free ride and the other people at the university are getting the responsibility of paying for it. That's the reality of it, or the taxpayer is paying for it. So for all of these reasons, university costs have skyrocketed. Take a look at out-of-state tuition, even at public universities. I mean, it's ridiculous what they're charging people who come from out-of-state. In some cases, it's triple. That's the case at the University of Wisconsin, for example. In-state tuition is around $10,000 a year, and that doesn't count cost of living, your food, your dorm, your fees, your books, your travel which is 30,000 a year. But if you're from out of state, your your tuition isn't 10 grand a year. It's 35,000, I think, per year for tuition. I think it's more than triple for out of state tuition. And that doesn't even count living expenses like room and board and tuition and travel and fees and books and all the rest of that. So yeah, I mean, that's even more criminal when you think about it. So you have people going to a public university God bless their souls. And, you know, for the in-state people, they're paying 30 grand a year to go, which is 120,000 over four years. And the out-of-state people are paying, I think it is 55,000 when you add all the costs together per year. That's a quarter of a million dollars or more over four years. That's more than double. So this is what's going on. You know, these universities are in large part are becoming unaffordable. And then what are people doing to pay for these high costs? Well, I've done podcasts on this in the past. I'll probably do a few in the future. Some people, believe it or not, a a large percentage, not a major percentage, but up to 10% of the student population is prostituting to earn money. I've done a podcast on it. You can listen to that. And some people are working two jobs, and some people are borrowing money because the government will give you money to go to college and they'll be going heavily in debt. And what you may not be aware of is educational debt is not dischargeable in bankruptcy. It's one of the only kinds of debt that is not dischargeable in bankruptcy. So they run up this debt to go to college. And when they graduate, they're so heavily in debt, they can't pay it. And they default on their loans, which wrecks their credit rating and affects their ability to get homes and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, is this a problem? Yeah, and families that are trying to help their, their, their family members pay for college, they're digging into their savings and their retirement and everything else, digging every last cent they have to help pay for college. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but what I am saying is here you have university professors working 100 days. Everyone else works 310 days a year. The average university professor works 100 days per year. That's the fact. You can like it or not like it, but that's the fact. So it's a part-time gig, and some of them are making almost $200,000 a year. And the people running the university are making seven, 800000 a year. Some are making millions. And the coaches of the football teams and basketball teams are making millions. And meanwhile, the students and their families cannot afford this. That's the current state of the situation. So, And then take a look on the flip side of this. So university costs have gone up 169% since 1980. 
and wages have gone up 18%. So in 1980, you graduated, you got a job, you didn't have as much debt from school, you got a good job, you go out and buy a house and a car and start your life. Not anymore, because wages have only gone up 18%. Now add inflation to that. What are your real wages? They've gone down since 1980, right? Now, instead of having one person work in a family like they had in 1980, now you have two people working in a family, and they can't even keep up with the bills, let alone childcare if they even have kids. So, I mean, that's what's happening. Wages have gone up 18%. And I just did a recent podcast. CEO wages have gone up 1,500% since the 1970s. Well, everyone else's wages have gone up 19%. So... There you have it. Where's the money going? Why aren't worker wages going up? Well, because the CEOs at the top now make an average of $27 million per year. In 10 years, that's $270 million just going to one person that's running the company. Meanwhile, everyone else at the company has had an 18% pay raise since the 70s. And then you add inflation to that, people can't pay their bills. And you want to know why people don't want to work anymore and why people hate corporations now? Well, let's just start there. So you have the reality for American families right now is that education costs at colleges, universities have skyrocketed, and the wages by hard work have stagnated, and that gap is what we call debt, and that debt is what is crushing Americans. I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, asking you, what does this mean for the decline and fall of America? broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the Great Misty Beyond, I wish you a great day.